Okay, we're continuing. <coughs> Shouldn't say continuing. We're beginning at the same time. We're continuing Megillah Esther. Last year we had four shiurim, which um, I listened to the last year just to see what we uh, covered, and um, we did the first two prakim um, and then the third parak. We uh, with the last year we went through most of the third parak, but at the same time I tried to uh, cover some ground from other places in the Megillah to get in for the last week. So, even though in the last year of uh, last year, we officially ended Parag Gimel, but I want to backtrack a little bit before we start Parag Dalid. So we're going to um, start from Parag Gimel Pasuk Ches, which is after Haman has decided when the <coughs> day that he wants to destroy Kla Yisrael. And um, now he comes to Achashverosh. Now, if you do listen back to last year's year, the Mahalach we're going to say now is a little bit different than it was last year. Last year we went with the Midrashim and how Haman approached Achashverosh. There was a like a UN convention and convincing Achashverosh uh, and the world to come along with his plan. And um, this year we're going to go with the way we really went with the uh, rest of the Mahalach of the Megillah with the way the Gra explains the Psukim. So, Vayoymer Haman Lamelech HaChashverosh Yeshna Yamechad Mefuzer Mefure Bein Ami Mechol Medinais Machusecha V'dosayam Shoynois Mikolom V'dosay HaMelech Eina Moisim V'lamelech Ein Shoy V'lanicham So if you'll notice, says the Gra, that Haman never told HaChashverosh what nation he's referring to. He said there is one nation that is spread out and separated amongst the nations. So the reason he didn't say that he was talking about the Jews, because he was afraid that um, <coughs> Achashverosh might say, a Jews, one second, there's a fellow Mordechai who's a pretty decent guy, and I'm not interested in, uh, in starting up with them. So therefore, Haman did not mention who he was talking about. So he said, There is a nation. And two, two things. First of all, they're not, con- they're, not, uh, they're not in one place. They're mefuzer, they're all spread out. But, not only are they spread out, but they are also mefurad bein ho'amim. That means to say they're not willing to integrate amongst the nations. Normally you have a nation that wants to stay on its own, so they all stay in one place and finish. They remain, uh, they remain by themselves. But if you have people who spread out amongst other nations, so then they assimilate with the other nations. So they're mefuzer, they're spread out, so they're not in one place, but at the same time, they're mefurad bein ho'amim. And it's if you really if you really pay attention to the uh, to the trup, you know you can look amongst you can look, and I think some Mefarshim may explain that mefuzar umefurad bein ha'amim. So bein ha'amim is is. Um, is is explaining what the mefuzer umefurad is, but the way the gain is explaining mefuzer means they themselves are spread out, meaning they're not united in one place. Umefurad bein ha'amim, and even amongst the nations, they remain separate. And that's the trap is really a pashta zakev kata and mefurad bein ha'amim. Mefuzer is a is a is a mapach, which there would be a little bit of a pause afterwards. So it's mefuzer umefurad bein ha'amim. Even amongst the nation, they're separate. What he meant to say was that they're spread out all over the place, so they don't have a lot of power 
amongst themselves because they're all spread out. And I, the host nations that they're living amongst, they're not going to be, they're not interested in them either because they're mafira. They separate from them. So they're not going to stick up from them. So there's no one really who is going to defend um, this nation that I'm referring to that I want you to do something. Now, they're throughout your whole kingdom. So you have them all. You're able to take care of them all. It's not like, you know, the famous Chavetz Chaim said um, um, that it's always, Klaiso is always spread out with one of the Tzidkais HaKadosh Baruch Hu did, the Gemara says, um, with Klaiso spread us out all over the world. In one place, Klaiso will always have a Kim somewhere else. So over here, the Haman is telling him, They're all in your hands. You could take care of it. Um, <clears throat> now, And what the way they act, their dust, their religion, is different than all other nations. So it's not even the Pshat that they don't seamlessly integrate with other nations. Other nations hate them. They, they totally stay totally different from them. And therefore everyone hates them and no one's going to be stand up. No one's going to be concerned about them. You could do what you want. No one is going to pay attention. Now what about the laws of the king? So the, the Gra says that a king benefits from nations in two ways. Number one is avoidas hamelech, that they work, for the, they work for the country or they work for the government. And the second thing is the taxes. So that's what you benefit. So the first thing he says, they don't work for the king. They don't do any work. And the, the Gemara really says on this, I'm sorry, the Medrash says on this, no, actually, the Gemara, I'm sorry, the Gemara in Megillah says on this, on this Pasuk, V'zdasi ha-melech e'namaisim, demafki l'kulei shata b'shahai pahai. The Gemara says that they waste the entire year with shin he-yod, pei he-yod. What does that mean, says Rashi? Shin he-yod is Shabbos ha-yoyim, pei he-yod is Pesach ha-yoyim. Every day, every other time, they're always having yom taivim, they have to take off of work. They're never, every day is another something else that they can't work. So, um, <clears throat> so therefore, you think you benefit from them because they're providing towards the economy, they're working towards Avedis HaMelech, they're anyways always taking off because of their religion. Therefore, if you're not getting anything out of them, so then what's the big deal? Just let them, you don't lose anything. If you, if you, if you get rid of them, there's no problems. Now, what about the second thing? What about taxes? So, imal amelech toivi kasev la'abdam. Now, <clears throat> he's already, this is Haman, we've had Haman already. Haman tries to, he's against a politician, and therefore, he's not saying, I'm, I'm here to, out, I'm out for the good of the king. I have no personal interest in this. No personal interest, doesn't bother me in the least bit. I'm giving some fine advice to the king. If you think it's a good idea, so then, let's get rid of them. Ah, you're going to ask me, I just covered everything. No one's going to care about them. They're not in one place. They're all in your hands. They don't work for the king. What about the taxes? I have an answer for the taxes. Here, the tax, I figured out a cheshben, how much money you're going to lose, and maybe this is the amount, maybe it's more, whatever it is. I'm willing to pay 10,000 kikar kasef, We'll bring it to the king's ginzei, to the storehouse, and you won't lose anything.
Now, <clears throat> the Yosef Lekach, Zechreinu Levrocha, Yosef Lekach was of Lazar Ashkenazi, who also wrote a sefer called the Maisa Hashem. We were zeichet to be by his kever in the old Beis Hakvaris in Krakow this summer. Um, and his pirush, he's a, he was a Rebrev, the Zechreinu Levrocha was an Einikol of his, and the Gain's pirush finds itself, we explained last year, a lot of the sources of the Gain's pirush come from the Yosef Lekach. The Gain is very bekitzer, and the Yosef Lekach is very, very much Meirich. So the Yosef Lekach over here says on the word La'abdom that... That, uh, again, Haman was very wary of Ahasuerus here. That's why he didn't say who it was. And he said the word La'abdon. He didn't say to kill them. Now, La'abdon, says the, 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 um, the Yosef Lekach, could really be explained in two ways. And Haman left himself room that just in case he sees Ahasuerus gets angry with the literal translation La'abdon to destroy them. He says, no, no, I didn't mean that. La'abdon, he said, also can mean Oloshan of Avdus. You find, even though you'll say one's an Aleph, one's an Ayin, Uvahu Oivdim Be'eretz Ashur. Oivdim is with an Aleph over there. So the Yosef Lekach says, you find that the Loshan of Oived, even with an Aleph, sometimes means being a slave or a servant. And therefore he said that just in case, he said to himself, just in case Achashverish doesn't like La'abdam, meaning to destroy, I could always say just let's take them into slavery. We'll take them and they'll be slaves. Again, Haman is being very, very careful here how to start up with Achashverish. So what happens? <clears throat> so what happens? So Achashverish, Vayasar HaMelech Estabate Me'al Yodoi, Vayitna Lohaman Ben Amdoso HaGogi Tzirer HaYehudim. So Achashverish is masking, and he doesn't even ask who we're talking about. He doesn't ask who you're referring to. It's, I hear all the circumstances, no problem. He took off the tabas from his hand, and he gave it to Haman ben Amdoso Agogi, says the Pasuk, Tzoyrer HaYehudim, the one who is the enemy of the Jews. Why here the Pasuk has to say that? Says the Grah, because Haman was being very, very evasive here, and he wasn't saying who he was referring to. So the Pasuk over here wants to be Madgish, don't make any mistakes over here. This is what Haman deep down wanted to do. He claimed it was an Eitzah for the king. He claimed he wasn't. He didn't say who he was talking about. Says the Pasuk, no. We have to know that this was Haman. He had one thing out, and that was out for the Jews. Now, what happens is, is a very interesting thing. This is really the first time, it seems, the, later on in the Megillah, the, um, the Yosef Lekach points out that it was a very uncommon thing for the king to give his signet ring to anybody. The whole part of the signet ring was that no one could do anything unless the king goes and he stamps it with his signet ring. Even all the advice and everything else, if you don't have that sign, it, it doesn't mean anything. So for the king to then give his signet ring to somebody else, and he should have the power to sign letters for the king, doesn't make a lot of sense. And yet, why was this necessary? Why couldn't the king sign it himself? Because later on, later on, the king wants to give it to Mardchai. Later on, the king wants to give it to Mardchai, and he tells Mardchai, you could do whatever you want, because... He had to change the whole Gzaira. The Gzaira was to kill the Jews. Now it's everyone the Jews are allowed to fight. There was a lot of things that Mardchai had to do himself. And Achashverosh gave him the, the ring. 
So you'll say to yourself, a crazy thing, Achashverosh should go give a Jew the ring to go, the Jews defend themselves? That's a little, that's a little uh, uh, hard, to, hard to fathom. So already early in the story, Achashverosh did something madna. He already took off the ring and he gave it to Haman. So when he gave the ring to Mardchai, he wasn't even giving it from his own finger. It says he gave the ring that he had given Haman, he gave it now to Mardchai. The ring already had been demoted, so to speak, and been given out to other people. So once he gave it already to Haman, to, the passing on to Mardchai is not as big as a problem as it could have been. So that's why the Pasuk over here tells us he took off his ring, he gave it to Haman. He said, first of all, keep the money. You don't, I don't want to care about the money, which is too, why he did that. But Chazal tells us, deep down, hated the Jews more. He may not have officially known who we're talking about over here. He told him, this is such a good thing here. Whatever you're planning for me and my kingdom, you're such a good and the nation, which nation? I don't know which nation you're talking about. Whichever nation you're talking about, you said a word la'abdam. I don't know what la'abdam means. Doesn't mean slaves, doesn't mean destruction. Whatever you see fit to do, no problem. You go and you do. So that's what he did. So what did Haman do? So he called the Saifri Hamelech. Chaydesh Harishain, this is Chaydesh Nisan. Chaydesh Harishain, Chaydesh Nisan, Yud Gimel Nisan. Vayikasev, and he wrote, Kichal Asher Tziva Haman, Elachash Darpene Hamelech, Velapachais. These are the different um, officers of the kings throughout the kingdom. Asher al Medina, Medina, they were in charge of every country. Velsare Amvaam, and the officers of different nations. Medina, Medina Kichsava, Vamvaam, Kilshainai. Again, he was a ruler over the world. Ruler over the world, there's different. I think we talked about this maybe last year in the first parak that there's medinas, there's nations, there's there's countries, and there's nations. Sometimes nations are on their own without countries. Sometimes they have countries with a lot of nations. So he covered everything, every medina kichsava v'amvam kilshainai b'shem amelach achashverosh nichtav v'nechtav etas amelach. It was written the name of achashverosh and it was signed with the tabas hamelach v'nishleach svarim biyad harotzim al kol medinas hamelach and he sent. Um, Svarim, he sent these letters to, in the hands of the runners, to all the Medina's Hamelech, Lahashmid, Laharaygu, Laabed, Eskolayudim, Minarvadzakin, Tafinoshim, Biyamecha, Bishleishasar, Lechaydish Nemasar, Huchaydish Hadar, Ushlalam Lavais. So last year we talked about this Pasuk Barichus, and Lahashmid, Laharaygu, Laabed, all the different things that he was trying to get rid of. He wanted to get rid of, he wanted to destroy the mitzvahs, he wanted to destroy their life, he wanted to destroy their body, he wanted to destroy their money, and connected that. And in connect that, we ended up with all different types of mitzvahs. We got another mitzvah of Kriya Samigillah. We got uh, Simcha. We got uh, Mishta for the Guf. We got Matanis Lavyainim for the money. For everything that he tried, I'm not going to go Barichas again into it, but everything he tried to destroy, so then we got Venapachu, uh, that we got uh, mitzvahs for it to enhance that thing that he t- tried to destroy. So when is it? So again, this is Yur Gimel Nisan, and he says this is going to be. In 12 months, in the 12th month, which is the next year of Adar, on the 13th day of Adar, so to destroy all of the Jews. Now, you'll notice in the Pasuk that it's broken up. It says, Lahashmi, Laharagulabed is Kalayehudim. 
on which day on the 13th day of the 12th month, Ushlalam Lavois, and then the booty you're able to plunder. So now Lechaira, why didn't he say that altogether? Lahashmin, Laharugul Abed, Ushlalam Lavois, when on the 13th day. So Haman was a little nervous. He was a little nervous because the Goyim, as much as they hate the Jews, they don't hate them as much as, uh, as he hates them, and they probably want all the Jewish money. So if he gives them permission to plunder all the booty, they make, might get a little distracted in their destruction of the Jews. So he said like this, on the 13th day of Adar, no one's allowed to touch any money. That day is specifically for one thing, Lahashmid, Abed, on which day? Once we get rid of everybody, then on the next day, or for however long it's going to take, then you could take their money. He was nervous that they would get a little bit sidetracked with the money, and they won't be able, and they won't actually do the job of destroying of destroying all of Klai Yisrael. So that's that. So the Gros says as follows. This 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 pasuk here says Pashegan Aksav, meaning this was the the Rashi says the word Pashegan means seeper, the story of the Ksav of what was written. to give over a law in every nation. That is publicized, public for all the people, to be ready for that day. So the Gra says that Haman was really, again, he was afraid. He was afraid to write in any public letter that we're out to kill the Jews. Because he knew that the Jews always have connections, especially with the government. And it's a whole 12 months until we're going to, uh, or 11 months, until we're going to finally kill the Jews. So there's a lot of time for them to start uh, going to all the officers and going to everybody and convincing them that, um, that this is not a good thing and we, we shouldn't be destroyed. So he had a problem. But to wake up the day before, or two days before you kill them, and tell everybody to go kill them, nobody will be ready. The troops won't be mobilized. So what is he supposed to do? He needs everybody ready to wage a war, to kill, but he can't tell them who it's for. So therefore what he did was like this. When it came to the Akashtar Panim and the Pachos, those are all the leaders, those are all the officers of every country. So he told them, listen... This I gave, sent a letter, let me tell you what I plan, I plan on doing. But you're not allowed to tell anybody. That's going to be, that was a private letter for the governors, officers of every country. But for the people, what the people know about, they know one thing. Everybody should just be ready to fight something. Everyone should be mobilized to fight. So therefore, in this way, he has that the officers of every country know really what's going on, and they're able to prepare for what really they want to do. But for the people, and especially the Jews, they shouldn't find out anything. So that was That was a separate letter, and the public letters just said, we're going to be doing some type of war in, uh, on the 13th of Adar, and therefore everybody should be ready on that day. But he didn't say for what. Fine. So the runners went very quickly and this was part of Hashem's plan over here because we need that um, that um, <coughs> what's going to happen eventually at the, uh, at the end is that the same runners 
are going to co- go out to all the Medinites with Haman's um, letters telling them to be ready and then and then they're going to come back and when they're going to come back it's going to be just in time for Mardchai to send them right back out to tell everybody that we've changed the letters and later on the Mepharshim explained that we d- the Hidafka wanted the same runners to bring the second letter because if you have one set of runners bring a letter that says everybody be ready to kill the Jews and then all of a sudden another set of runners come and say no the Jews are allowed to fight back and they can kill everybody so you now you have Shnei Ksuvim Chishim Zeze so you don't know what to do what do you do? Now everybody's puzzled. So therefore, we dafka one of the same rotsim. So in order that should be enough time that the same rotsim should be able to go, so therefore it says Yatsud Khufim. We had to get them on the road as soon as possible to make sure because it took a long time. The second rotsim didn't go out till Sivan. Remember from last year and the, the Psukim later, Mordechai sent them out in Sivan. So we're talking about Nisan, Ir, Sivan. It took two uh, over two months, two months, and uh, I forgot what day it was, the 23rd or something, over two months for them to go to all the countries and come back. This was a big, it was a big mahalach. So therefore, we wanted it in order to happen, says the Grah, this is from Marilonu HaKosub, Zeg Gdulas HaKadosh Baruch Hu, She'asu Zois B'chidei She'epnai Be'ez Pamim. You know, as here you say, you know, Hashem is like pushing the Gezeira, it should happen as soon as possible. It was all part of the plan that when the Yeshua is going to come, they'll be able to, um, They'll be able to go as quick as possible. The first place that this was put out was a Shushan Habira. So they found out about the Gzeira. The Melech and Haman sat down to drink, and the city of Shushan was Navaicha. They were confused. They were confused. Why were they confused? So, very simply, because they were the first ones that got this letter that says, be ready for the 13th of Adar, and nobody knew what was going on. So they were Navaicha. They were confused. What is going on over here? We have no clue. It's such a funny letter. Be ready for some war and you're not telling us what to do. So of course all the other countries probably eventually were also Navaicha. But at this moment, the first place that got the Gezeira was Shushan, and they didn't understand what was going on. Later on, way back, later on in the Megillah, um, um, it's uh, in Parakhes, the Ice of Lekach points out something even more, even more different than, or a little bit different. He says, "Why was here Shushan Navaicha? Because <coughs> when a country is mobilizing for war, the king is busy with the with the armies. He's busy. nobody's sitting down and having drinks. Nobody's having drinks. So what's going on over here? You just put out a letter. We all have to be ready for a war that's going to happen. Now, obviously." If you put it out now, there's a lot of preparations. Shushan can't figure out what's going on over here. Are we afraid of something? Are we mobilizing armies or are we drinking? Doesn't make any sense. So since says the Pasik Shushan Now, says so that's the end of Paragimel. Says the Pasuk, because they didn't understand what was going on, like we said, because the letters didn't say anything. Now, the only one who figured out exactly what was going on here was Mardchai. Says the Pasuk, Barak Dalid, Umardchai Yadas Kalashanasa. Mardchai knew. Why? When the only Mardchai knew, what about everybody else didn't know? Tarot says, no, nobody else understood what was going on over here. The letters were very, very unclear. Just be ready. Mardchai, he figured it out. Umardchai Yadas Kalashanasa. He figured out exactly what happened. Number one, he figured out what Haman's plan was. And number two, says the Grah, he also realized that he's a little bit at fault because this all started because he didn't bow down to Haman. 
he stood up for Yiddishkeit, he didn't bow down to Haman. Now we have to pause for a second and remind ourselves of the aside that we worked with last year. And that is as follows. There were two Averis that caused this Gezerah. The first Avera was Hishtachavulatzelem. In the days of Nebuchadnezzar, much earlier, Kla Yisrael bowed down to a Tzelem. Now this Tzelem, Taisva says in numerous places, was not a real Avedazara. It was a Tzelem, it was a form made as an honor to the king. However, Kla Yisrael should not be bowing down to those things either. And it was a Chil Hashem what they did. Now why did they bow down? Very simply, they were afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. They were afraid of him. So it was a Chil Hashem that instead of being afraid of Hashem, they were afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. So there was a lack of being Soimech and Bitochen and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's one Aver. The second Aver was the city of Shushan went to the party. And they went to the party and said last year was full of Gashmias and all different types of things. So this brought down from the Kisvi Hagra that there were two Averis and there were two Gayalim. The two Gayalim are Mordechai Vester. So Rebbe the Zechariah Levrach always used to say that we could assume that each Gayal is here for one of the Averis. Esther is going to be here for to help Klaisel do tshuva on the Avera of going to the Suda of Achashverosh, as we're going to see a little bit later in this parak, in, in this parak. And Mordechai is going to be the one who is going to help Klaisel do tshuva for the Avera of bowing down to the Tzelem. Now, bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar Selem was all of Kla Yisrael. Bowing, the Suda of Achashverosh was only the people of Shushan. That the Gemara says, Beferosh, was the people of Shushan. Now, if you remember from last, from last year, that we brought out how Esther and Mordechai both were chosen for these jobs because they excelled in what this, in, 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 in this Midah. In other words, we talked about Mordechai was excelling in the Midah of Tefillah, of being Saimech on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's going to bring Klai Yisrael to Tshuva for not being relying on HaKadosh Baruch Hu with bowing down to the Tzelem. And Esther was put into such a compromising position with the, with, in the house of Achashverosh with all the girls and all the, and all the beauty and all the different things over there that we talked about last year, and she came out, she got sick from it. She became green from it, as we said, Led the Gras says. She got sick from all of it. And the same way they had to force her to go into it, they had to force her 12 months later to go to because she didn't change an iota. And that's what we said in the beginning of Paragimel, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Atzas Hashem, all of the players were in the proper spots. Mordechai is Bishar HaMelech, so he's right there when the Gezerah happens. Esther has, is, in the, is in the palace of Achashverosh. She's there when the Gezerah happens. And not only that, each of them has proven that they excel in what their job is going to be. Now we're ready for the Gezerah to happen. So, so, <coughs> so, Mordechai... What is Nebuchadnezzar? What is Nebuchadnezzar? That's not what the word means? Doesn't Nabokha mean crying? Nabokha? 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. I think no, the nun is the is part of the shirish. I think. Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, so Marcha Yodas Kosher Nasa. So he, so okay, oh, so one of the, why did I bring this all in? Because that's one of the reasons he didn't bow down to Haman. Because Haman's wearing this selim, or he made himself into Avodah Zorah. Mordechai is the one who's anti the whole business. He's not afraid of anybody. So he didn't bow down to Haman. And that started this whole thing in the beginning of Paragimel. So he knew Eitz Kol Nasa. Not just what was going on. He knew that he was a little bit at fault. He caused it a little bit. So what did he do? Vayikra Mordechai is begodov. He tore his clothing. Vayilbash Sakva Efer. And he put on sackcloth. And he put on uh, ashes on his head. Vayetze Besoycho Ir. And he went out into the midst of the city. Again, he was in the Shar HaMelech. That's where he had taken up residence. And he went in the midst of the city and he gave out a scream. This great sorrow that's happening to us. And Mara's a bitterness because he was bitter that that he was a cause of this. It was Gedoyla for the Gzeira itself. And Umara, because he felt a little bit, he felt responsible for it. So now, again, he was outside. He had gone outside the city. Now, he came towards the Shara Melech. But he couldn't go in, because he can't come into the Shara Melech. He would have gone into the Chatzar Melech, but he's not going to go in there, because you don't come into the Shara Melech wearing sackcloth. Says the Pasuk, and this is a very problematic pasuk. So the first thing the pasuk says: every Medina, Medina, every country, the place where the Dvar Hamelech Vidasai is Magia. So there's Dvar Hamelech and there's Dasai. Again, Dvar Hamelech is goes to the officers. The king wants us to destroy the Jews. There's Dasai. That's the letter to the people. Just be ready. So you always have Dvar HaMelech v'dasai. Two separate things. Evel Gadol Yehudim. Evel is mourning. Now, usually one mourns on a mace that already the, that something already happened. So they saw that there was something very Taikev Gzeres HaMelech. It was something very strong. It was as if they, there was already a mace here. So there was a Lashon of Avelus. Bitsaim, they're fasting. Uvechi, umispeid. And the, um, the, the Gra says that these five things, um, and the Gemara and Tainis are called the Chamisha Darche Chuva. These five things are the five Mahalchim of Chuva. Um, actually, the word Chuva, the, the, uh, the Maral says, is um, the, the, the Tuf of Chuva stands for Tainis. The Shin is Sak, Vav is Voefer. Beis is Bechi, and Hay is Hespid. So that's Saim Bechi, and Mispeit, Sak Vaifer, is the Darche Hatshuva. So Klai Yisrael... The knew already, even though the Amaynam did not know? Did who know? Okay, so 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 okay, so so what happened over here? The first thing is you have to put this into into first into into chronological order over here. We have to realize, as I said before, that the 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 runners it took them till Chaf whatever Sivan Chaf Gimel Sivan to go and come back. That means to say that it took a very long time for the Gzeira to let's so let's say uh, that was the farthest ones that they went. So it took at least a month and change, five weeks, to go to get to the farthest place. So there was a progression of how they found out about the Xera. Now let's just remember for a second. Three days later in Shushan, the whole thing was over. Three days later, 
right? They fasted for three days, and on the second day of, of Pesach, Haman was hanged, and, and Mordechai was given the house, and the, the and, and, and Achashverosh gave him the, uh, the signet ring, and says, you can do what you want. So it means to say, when the Jews were still, were getting the information about the Gzeira, really the Gzeira was ready over. It was really over. So they were really lagging behind in time. So, now, so the first question is, why is this Pasuk here? It's totally out of order. It's, this didn't happen now. It didn't happen now. Mordechai didn't send out a text message to everybody. Listen, I'm crying in the streets. Everybody start doing tshuva. It didn't happen. So where to put it? So put it somewhere later. Somewhere later. after It's in the middle of the story here where Mordechai's crying. Esther's going to send him in a moment a message what's going on. And in the middle of that story, it says, by the way, when the, when the, when the, uh, when the information got to every place, the Jews, they all did tshuva. It's totally out of order. Now, your question is, did the Jews find out about it? So the Grod writes and the, and the Yosef Lekach writes that yes, they did find out about it. Because even though the publicized letters was only two that said to be ready, but like, he, like Haman was afraid, the Jews always had... Um, they always had connections with the Achashdar Panim and the Pachais, and they told them, they told them, we mean you. So they did know that it meant them, and that's why when they Taka found out about it, Asher Dvar HaMelech they found out about both things, it was Evil God So why is it out of order? So Brevda said a Meridikavartir. He said a Meridikavartir. He said like this, Mordechai has a very daunting task. His job is to bring Klayusol to Tshuva, like we explained, for the Chet of bowing down to the Tzalem of Nebuchadnezzar, which means you rely completely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu and no human intervention. The Avera was that you relied or you were afraid on a person, on Nebuchadnezzar, so there's going to be a Gzeira that's going to force you that you could only rely on Hashem. That means to say, in other Gzeiras, a person's obligated to make a Hishtadlus. can't say, I'm not doing anything, I'm just going to let it go. A person has to make a Hishtadlus. Okay, of course you daven and you tshuva and you do all of that, but there's a chiyav of ishtadlus. So when the Jews find out that they're supposed to, that there's a gzeira, so they have to do tshuva, but at the same time they also go to the minister and they go to the governor, help us out. But over here that wasn't allowed. Why wasn't it allowed? Because the whole Avera was that we relied on somebody. So in this situation, the tshuva has to be, no hishtadlis is allowed. You're not allowed to go to the governor and ask him to hide you. You're not allowed to go to do one thing only, reliance on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tshuva relying on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's something that's abnormal. And Mardachai is the one who has to lead the entire Kla Yisrael to do the tshuva. That was his job as the Goyal. So now how is he supposed to do it? He's sitting in Shushan. The Gzeir is here. He has to be here to take care of what he has to be here. How is it possible for him to tell all of Kla Yisrael we're in a Gzeir that you're not allowed to do any Ishtalis, only do tshuva and only rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It's kemat an impossibility. So, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't demand of people to do things that are beyond what they're able to do beyond, beyond, uh, beyond their capabilities. All HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants of a person in any Nisayan is HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to do the best of his ability but with everything, with all of his kayak, with all of his seichel, with everything that he could do 
once he does everything that he could do, so HaKadosh Baruch says, okay, from here on, you'll get a special siyata dishmaya that will continue. But I don't ask of you more than is possible. So what was Mordechai being asked to do? Mordechai was being asked to do to the best of his ability to show his reliance and Klai Yisrael's reliance only HaKadosh Baruch So what does he do? The first thing he does, and we'll see, he's going to do a lot of different things to show that. The first thing he did was, is he went out, Again, Mardchai was the Gadol Hadar. Mardchai was a very prominent person, even amongst the Gayim in Shushan. And he goes out in middle of the town square, he rips his clothing, he puts on Sakva Eifer, and he starts screaming, Za'aka Gedayla Umara. Why? People are going to think you're crazy. What are you doing? But he is totally concentrated on one thing and one thing only, and that is davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, being ma'or the people of Shushan to daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and crying out and only being Isaac B'tshuva, as we'll get to in the next few psukim, we will we'll get to Bez Hashem next time, we'll see for not a moment was he willing to even stop and pause in his tshuva. That's why he refused to go to Esther, as we'll see. She had a whole etzah for him. How he could get into her, still wearing his sackcloth and everything like that? No, not for a moment. His lotion was, Eini zoz mikan, I'm not moving from here. Eini mezes asak, until HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers my tefillah, my tshuva. So what happened? What happened when he was Vayizak Zaka Gedayla Umara? There's a concept, this is not a, the, the Chazanish writes, Chazanish writes that Tzadikim, there's a concept in Taimur Dvarah called Ichur HaNeshamas. Ichur HaNeshamas means that all of the Neshamas of Kla Yisrael are all connected with each other. We're all really united. So the Chazanish writes in a letter that that's how people have a shba on each other. And he writes, you can have a tzaddik who sits in a little corner somewhere and he's Isaac in Tyre and Tvila his whole day. And what happens? From him emanates a hashba through the entire world of Kedusha. So you want to know, you have Harav Shteim and Zechrein Levracha sitting in Bnei Brak and learning the Kedusha Vitahara, and you wonder why somewhere in, uh, in, in mid-America there's a Balchuva movement and everyone wonders where that came from. It came because there's a Hashpa from a Tzaddik. How'd that happen? Because his Hashpa goes out to the entire world. But the Chazanish writes that the closer one is to the Tzaddik, the more the Hashpa. The farther away, it's not felt the same way. You can't see it the same way, but it is there. So, Mordechai HaTzadik is the Gadol Hadar. His Hashba goes out to the whole world. But he needs a Hashba to go out to the world now, not something that you can't sense. It's got to be something that is going to awaken every Jew to only do teshuva. That's something that's a little bit abnormal. So says the Pasuk, that when Mordechai HaTzadik went out in B'Soy Chayir, Vayizak Za'aka G'daylu Umara, so Hashem said, you did and you're going to do everything you could do, you're going to get a special Siyata Dishmaya. What's that Siyata Dishmaya? That your Hashba is going to go out to every Nisham of every Jew in the world. So that when they will then get that Yediyah, when they will get that piece of news, it might be today, tomorrow, it might be in five weeks, they're going to get the piece of news that there's a Gzeira against Kla Yisrael, what is going to be their initial reaction? There's not going to be one Yid who's going to think in his mind, let me run to the governor, let me run to the mayor, let me try to do Hishtadlus. Rather, they're going to only have one thought, and that is Tshuva. 
But where did that come from? How did it happen? It happened because of the Ashba of Mardchai sitting in the town square of Shushan Abira. So says Rev Brevda that the Pasuk is exactly in the right spot. And he didn't go into the Shar HaMelech Bevushsak. So what happened because of that? Because of that, in every place, where and when the Gezerah will come, what happened? And that's how Mardchai Tzadik was able to do his job of being the Goyal of Klai Yisrael and being Ma'ir them that there's no Hishtadus allowed here is because he did the job that he, was, that he had to do in his place to the best of his ability. And because of that, he received the special siyata dishmaya that his ashpa didn't just go out in a small way. His ashpa was a wave of ashpa that was ma'ir any yid in Klai Yisrael. That when the gezerah came to their place, not one of them thought of ishtalus. They all understood subconsciously and then consciously that we only have one job here. Everyone ran to the shul, sakvei for yutzal arabim, tzoyim v'chiyum misvei tzfilo tshuva, and because of that, that is why this chus of the gzeru was bottle in the entire world. Okay, we'll stop here for today.